Pro player Meg Charity combines her passion for the sport with her entrepreneurial spirit that helps her to run pickleball events, develop a large pickleball venue, and teach when she has the time. Meg also talks in depth about an event's pickleball strategy called stacking and reverse stacking and how it can benefit your game. So let's get to the intro to hear more from Meg. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Meg Charity. Welcome, Meg. It's great to have you on the podcast today. You're a combination of certainly a pickleball pro, but you're also an entrepreneur. So that always makes a very interesting combination and fun interviews. I do like to start with somebody's origin story. So tell me how you first got involved in pickleball and how long ago that was. Yep. So I was first introduced to pickleball when I lived in Boise in 2015. A friend of mine who was a pro racquetball player invited me one Sunday to join her for some pickleball at our um, local rec center. And I remember losing really badly to a bunch of senior players, which was super frustrating because at that time I was still playing high-level tennis. And this was the time I was in Boise working with the Boise State Women's Tennis Team. And so I, I spent that Sunday playing, loved it, but I didn't play again for three years until my partner's dad, who's a big business guy, told us to keep our eye on this game called Pickleball. And at the time, we had just built an online platform that connected tennis players with local tennis coaches in their community. And the whole premise was to make tennis more accessible to people who maybe couldn't afford to join a country club. So we eventually added Pickleball to the platform and quickly realized that Pickleball, that the Pickleball side of the app was taking off way quicker than the tennis side. People were really excited to learn a new sport that was fun and easy to play. So we turned our focus to host large-scale pickleball events that we called Picklefest. And it was only at this time that I really decided to start playing pickleball. That's an interesting history in terms of how you got involved. I, I actually have a couple of questions just in regard to what you said. You had mentioned, I, I've got a background in racquetball. And when I was younger, I played at a pretty high level too. I was just curious as to who the pro racquetball player was that introduced you to pickleball. That's a really good question. <laughs> I don't have her name. Um, I, it, she was a, a friend who we, we were just sort of friends for two weeks. She, she knew that I was a tennis player at Boise and I'm trying to remember her name now. I, I, it's, it's slipping my mind right now. Sorry. No problem at all. The other thing I did want to ask you about is what you were talking about. You built a platform to connect tennis players that really is now used for, is, is it used for pickleball? exclusively now or tell me a little bit about the platform i'm not sure i'm familiar with that yeah so the the platform we built it in my partner went to darden that's the business school here at uva and it was basically the it started in the in the in the business classroom as just sort of a fun project and then her teacher encouraged her to continue it after school so we basically had this prototype and just tried to prove the concept here in charlottesville only so we ran it for one summer and then we decided then to pivot and actually that's where Rally was formed. And I think we'll chat about that a little bit later, but it's actually not, we're not working on the platform anymore. We'll go ahead then and talk about Rally and what that is. I understand that's a pretty big undertaking. Yeah, so Rally, which is essentially a pickable entertainment venue that shares a similar model to Top Golf, if you're familiar with Top Golf, 
in that it's a social experience built around an activity and in our case, pickleball. And so, yeah, we've been doing that for two years and getting very close to finishing. So did you ever imagine after going from tennis to pickleball that you would be involved in a project like that? Never, never, ever, no. It sort of just happened organically with our experience with Pickle Fest. We realized how quickly this game was exploding and how much people loved it. And I think what was so unique was that we saw how social the game was and how it basically brought people together in such a unique way. And we were thinking how we could scale this fun project and quickly realized that the only way to do that is to have a more permanent venue and that's actually when we stumbled upon a concept called chicken and pickle i don't know if you've heard of them before um it's a similar similar idea um, out in kansas city it's a restaurant with pickleball courts and so we were like oh my gosh somebody's already doing this so we actually flew out there checked it out loved it and and that's that's how you know the fire continued to burn and for this idea and really we're really really excited about it and how many courts will you have at that venue Right now, we're thinking of probably going to have four indoor courts and four outdoors, so a total of eight courts. Wow, that's that's a good size. I, I think some of the chicken and pickle venues might be a little bit smaller in terms of courts, if I'm not mistaken. I think they have their smallest venue has four indoor and four outdoor as well, so same size. Okay, well, then thank you for letting me know that. I'll get that right going forward. How long will it take to to build up in before you have, you know, people playing pickleball and customers at the restaurant and bar? Yeah, it's, it's about a 12 to 15 months build out, just depending on there may be some development delays, but we're, we're banking on 12 to 15 months of, of prep and build out. We're hoping to be open next summer. Nice. So I'm curious then too, as right now you're playing pro pickleball, what will your role be with Rally going forward if you're, you know, so involved in the sport in that way? Yep. So I am the director of Pickleball and Pickleball Operations at Rally. So it's going to be hard to juggle both, <laughs> both things, but I'm going to try my best to, to still play pro Pickleball. And I'm assuming the first few months I'm going to be really working on the ground at Rally, you know, morning till night. But once things sort of get into a groove, um, I'm hoping that I that also have time to travel and, and play pro pickleball. And who did you say your partner is in this and what were her, her role be? Yes, Barrett Worthington, and she's basically the CEO. All right. Well, it sounds like you guys are making some really good progress, even though it's, it also sounds like there's been a lot of challenges. You know, I've grown so much in these last few years learning about, you know, how to run a business, how to raise money for a business. It's it's been an incredible journey, and I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, the growth continue. Well, good. I will look forward to interviewing you again once you get open and, and talk some more about that experience. Well, before we go on to kind of your, your pro pickleball career, I did, did want to ask you just one more thing that you had mentioned in your origin story, was you had talked about Pickle Fest. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so we basically, our first Pickle Fest picked up called Burr's Head, and the club was just starting to introduce Pickleball to their members, so we basically pitched the idea of this new game called Pickleball, and, but we didn't want to just have host a traditional tournament, we wanted to sort of have a tournament flipped upside down, so we envisioned a, a tournament where we had live music, we had beer, cider, we had two different pools, we had a pro to a, a pro pool and that just means somebody who's basically played pickleball before and then we had a, a different bracket where we basically invited people who have never played pickleball before 
And so we had these two different brackets running at the same time. I think we sold out in less than two weeks. We had 52 players um, come to our first Pickle Fest experience. They loved it so much. We loved it so much that we were like, all right, we need to do another one. So that next spring, we uh, hosted another event called Pickle Fest Experience which was basically a three-day event. The players came from all over the country. I think we had players from 13 different states flying to Charlottesville to attend the Pickle Fest experience. And it started off with like a cocktail party at night at a local country club. We had Ben John, Irina Tereshenko, Brian Ashworth, and Kyle Yates come to basically host and run camp on, on the one day. I think it was a six-hour pickleball camp. And then the final day, it basically came together as a big tournament. So we had local players from all over the Mid-Atlantic drive down and as well as the People Fest experience participants play in the final tournament. And same thing, we had live music, cider, beer, just a really fun environment. And so after this People Fest experience, we were like, okay, we want to keep doing this, but we want to find a way to scale. And that's how Rally was born. That sounds like a lot of fun at Picklefest and, you know, great pros that you had there. So getting a little bit into your pro career, what was the transition like for you from tennis to pickleball? Was it as, as easy as I think it is for most people who played tennis at such a high level like you did? I thought it would be. <laughs> when I When I first started playing, I think with most tennis players, you walk on the court and you immediately sort of get the strokes and, and the feel for the for the ball. And and so I thought that it would be super easy, but it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I So basically after this people first experience, when we saw Kyle and Ben and Irina play, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I, I really want to give it a go. I think I can do this. I played high level tennis. And it's just like the bug started biting just by watching these players coach and play. So one night I remember waking up at 2 a.m. and one morning and just laying awake and being, being unable to sleep because I was so excited about pickleball and I really wanted to learn. So right there and then I signed up for my first tournament. I think it was the Atlanta Open. This was in 2018. And the next day I went to my local rec center and basically started training for the tournament. That was like maybe two or three weeks away. When I went to my first tournament, I played events. I played pro singles, doubles and mixed. Singles, I won a few matches and that's basically what fueled this whole like desire to play pro I was like all right I can do this I've never played before I'm playing maybe four weeks long and I'm winning matches so that really gave me the the confidence to keep playing and then I played I think actually you know what it was five O doubles with a friend from South Africa we actually reconnected again because of pickleball I just sent her a message and said hey I know you live in Atlanta would you like to play this <laughs> tournament with me and she was like sure and so she she played five O with me with her tennis player I think we came I think we came second, but we didn't have a lot of um, competitors in the bracket, but I think we maybe had five teams. We came second there, and then mixed doubles I played with another local pro called Deckel Bar. I think that, and uh, I know we, we lost both of those matches, but after that tournament, I just knew, like, this is something I wanted to do again. I want to compete. I love competing. I live for it every day, and so I, I just didn't look back after that. I just wanted to break in here and say, as pickleball players, we want to get better at the sport. And it was in a recent interview with Hella Spar, I realized I didn't even do 10% of what she talked about on the court. So I've signed up for a doubles course, and you may want to consider doing so too. You can get more information by going to pickleballfire.com doubles. And just to let you know, I do make an affiliate commission if you purchase her course, and this helps to support the Pickleball Fire podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. 
it sounds like you really did have a lot of early on success. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with you a little bit is just kind of something in relationship to instruction. So we had talked earlier, maybe talking uh, about talking a little bit about the idea of stacking, because I think that's something that a lot of people who play recreational pickleball really aren't that familiar with, but it's something commonly done at the higher levels and especially the pro levels. So can you describe a little bit of what it means to stack? The stacking can get confusing very quickly, especially with with a score and knowing where to stand. But stacking is basically when players position themselves on a court on the court to favor a particular shot. For example, a player who has a stronger forehand may want to play on the left side of the court so that they can take all the forehand balls that are coming down the middle. Or maybe a player feels more comfortable playing on one side over the other, so they will stack to make to basically favor that side. So it enables players to hide their weaknesses and to expose and take advantages of their strengths. Now, just out of curiosity, which side do you prefer playing? This is a great question. <laughs> I I like playing on the left side. My backhand has always been my weapon in tennis and actually all racket sports that I ever tried to play, which is weird. I don't know why, but I have a lot more control and feel a lot more con- confident with my backhand. So I'll play on the left-hand side, especially on the dinks. I have a double-handed backhand dink. So I can go, I can dink forever on that side. I feel a lot more exposed on the right-hand side. So this is interesting. So to, when I play next, we'll actually do a reverse stack. So we'll put me on the left-hand side. So usually the, the, the male player is on the left-hand side because they want their forehand in the middle to be the aggressive player in that middle position. But because of my vulnerability on that right-hand side, we'll do the reverse stack and put me on that on the, on the left-hand side. And that actually, we love to be just at that at the past um, Tampa PPA tournament with my next partner. And I really love this position because it put me in front of the female player. So I found myself um, in a vulnerable position when I was across from the male player because they were able to speed that ball up down the line, which caught me off position. And, you know, the guy hit that ball so hard, I was unable to really, you know, defend that shot. So when we did the reverse stack, I was in front of the girl player. And so when she attacked the ball down the line, I was ready because one, it was my backhand, which is the strongest shot. And two, just because the girl, you know, I'm used to seeing the speed from, from the female player. And then if the guy wanted to attack me, he had to attack cross court. And in, in, I mean, my advice is never to attack cross court because the player has a lot more time to react. So when he did hit at cross court, I was ready to, to defend that shot and even maybe attack it back. So it, it actually made us a much stronger um, team when we did the reverse stack. That's actually a really interesting idea. And I have to say, after all of the pickleball that I watched, you know, at the highest levels at the pro level, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody else doing that. Right. And and it was a little bit of a risk, but I have a coach here in Charlottesville and we were just talking about ways to, you know, hide my weakness on the, on the right hand side. And I've been working a lot on that side, but I, I just didn't feel ready for it. And the more we started discussing and chatting, it actually kind of makes sense. We were like, what, why am I, why is the girl in front of the guy? You know, because the guy will flick it really hard down the line and they can attack off of any shot. You know, even if it's a bounce, they can, they can hit an aggressive shot. So I was like, what if we just switch, put me in front of the girl? 
I can handle the forehand side. And actually, so my mixed doubles partner does have to step in and take a lot of backhands in the middle. But it's fun because he, he was like, I like this. My backhand's a strong shot. And so I was able to hold my ground. And yet I never felt under that extreme pressure when the guy than when the guy was in front of me. So we had a lot of success playing this way. Right. And yeah, if the guy is on the right side, like you said, even if it's like a high backhand, I mean, they don't have any problem handling that, taking that ball out of the air and, you know, finishing a point. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. At what level do you think people should start thinking about, you know, trying to stack? I think, I think players can stack. So when we play red games, we usually never stack, but when, when when things get serious and real and you're like, all right, I want to win this, then then I think stacking is, is a good idea. I think we can stack at any level. I think especially lefties will always stack. We have a, a one lefty player here in Charlottesville who will always only play on the left-hand side. So he actually never, ever plays on the right-hand side. So whenever I'm playing with him, we'll stack because he wants his forehand in the middle. He feels more comfortable that way. So I think it's a fun skill to learn. And I think, you know, if, if you want to shake things up or – you know, even in my situation here, when I was reverse stacking, we actually had our team start reverse stacking too to put the guy in front of me again, and then we, we then we stack back the other way. So it's just it gives you there are more tools in the toolbox, and it just gives you a lot of options. Honestly, when when things are, are going wrong or when you're falling behind or you, you want to just shake things up, I think it's a great skill to have. So I think you can stack it at any level, honestly, even just to practice it and see sort of what that does for your game. Now, when you play women's doubles, are you also on the left side? Yes. <laughs> right now I am. I, I am working on, on the right-hand side a little bit more, and it, it's improved a lot. But I, I just feel so much more confident with my backhand being and, and my forehand in the middle. And, and I'm also, I, I don't I think I told you this, Lynn, but I'm 5'11". So I'm kind of, I've got a great reach. So you know that forehand in the middle is not a bad is not a bad position for me just because I can slide over and take almost any ball. So yeah, it, I I love the the left hand side a lot. You know, I think that's the first time that I've interviewed somebody that they talked about their height. And you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm only five five, but you've at five eleven, you've got that nice wingspan. Because I remember when I was in high school and college and playing basketball and volleyball, I play with a lot of six footers. And I was like, Oh, man, you guys can just get to everything. <laughs> you know, on those third shots and dinks, you know, at any time, I can actually, you know, push, push my hand forward and take most of those things out the air. So it puts a lot of pressure on the opponent to really hit an aggressive low shot at all times. And and that's something that I've been working on a lot, too, is, is looking for more balls to take out of the air, because it's also a lot easier to disguise an attack when I'm taking those balls out the air. So it, yeah, the height and pickleball, I think, is a, is a massive advantage. Definitely. And I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily think it's as important in pickleball as it might be in other sports. But as things get more and more competitive, certainly on the pro tour, I definitely think you're right. That's going to be an absolute factor. Yep, All right, then. Just a couple more questions before we finish up. One of them is, which pickleball paddle you use and why do you like it? I'll play with the um, Onyx Evo Premier. I love that paddle just because I actually, I, I switched to, to that paddle um, when it just came out. It's, it's Lucy and Matt, they designed the paddle because it has a little bit of a longer handle so I can put my double-handed, you know, my both of my hands nicely on the handle and I, I love, as I said, I love my back end so I want to, I want it to feel as comfortable as possible with both my hands on the paddle. 
And I just, I love the power and the pop that, that comes off the, the paddle. I think some players prefer the softer, um, softer feel. I just, I get a lot of satisfaction hearing that nice pop sound that comes off the racket. And I want to feel like my, my balls are actually, you know, there's a lot of speed on the ball. So that's, that's why I play with that paddle. And then if somebody wants to reach out to you, where's the best place to get in contact? You can find me on my Instagram account. It's at Meg Charity Pickleball or on Facebook. I think it's Megan Charity Pickleball. And they can also reach out to me on my email, MeganMCharity at gmail.com. Now, I know you've been so busy with Rally. Are you doing any instruction or do you have any camps or clinics? Yeah, I do some local local camps and clinics here in Charlottesville. But yeah, as you, as you said, right now I'm just really focused on training. I try to play every day and then also on rally. It, it really does take up <laughs> almost all of my time. Well, all right. I will try and give a few minutes back to you today. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. This was a very fun interview. And I, like I said, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 